Welcome to the Outstanding Life Podcast. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, and today we are talking with Josh Skeel. Josh is an artist extraordinaire right here from Detroit, Michigan. I, I love that name. And also, Joshua Spears is in the house. What's up, buddy? I think this is like our sixth episode together. Hey, Johnny. How you doing? <laughs> you just got back from Baltimore, huh? Yes. Man, did a bunch of speeches out there. Didn't you like speak for like 5,000 kids or something like that? Yeah, I eight talks and... and- front of 5,000 kids over the course of the week. It was pretty amazing. Man, that's awesome. So so we're sitting here on the podcast with one of your college buddies. Yes. How did you guys meet? Well, actually, I, I actually we grew up at rival high schools. Really? Yes. Yeah. So, we were okay. we were across the across the street from each other on the other side of the tracks. So yeah. Oh, yeah. so which one were you on the good good side of the tracks, and which one was on the bad side of the tracks? Mm, that, that depends on your perspective, yeah. Yeah. Now, right? <laughs> Wherever no. you're looking from, that's you know. You want to you want a street fight? You better that's where you're going to find the answer to that question. Well, I just want to stay out of this one because you are both two big dudes. So I'm guessing that you played football, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I first remember hearing about Josh. Anyways, you need to see him on film when, uh, you know, everybody, Oh, the big kid from, from East Jordan, you <laughs> the know, big the, kid. Yeah. Well, he, he was bigger than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Six, five and 300 pounds. And it's, everybody's like, Oh man, look at him. Yeah. Who's, who's going to stop him? So, <laughs> and so he stepped in and did. <laughs> I love that. For the record, he was always better than me at sports. <laughs> yeah, football. definitely. That's yeah. Strong, yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, um, so Josh, you're from Detroit. No, I'm actually from Charlevoix, Michigan. Oh, I'm from okay. Northern Michigan, yeah. So, then uh, what the heck are you down doing down here in Detroit? I love that place up there, Charlevoix. You know, Madonna I, has a place up there. Yeah, no, it's, she does actually. Yeah, yeah, right in uh, Bay Harbor. I don't know if she has it anymore or not, but um, yeah. So, uh, grew up in Northern Michigan, and uh, I uh, came down here to uh, pursue my art career. Really, I mean, I was invited down here as a part of uh, Rustic Crow Spirits. Uh, to come down and uh, do some uh, some wall murals at the restaurant, uh, the Rustic Crow Detroit, and uh, that's kind of how, how I got started. I was just coming down for for a couple months, and and I was down here working, and eventually the uh, the owner Joe Schiebel, uh just said, "Hey, you know, you're here. We've well, been doing stuff for us for a couple years, freelance, and uh, what do you think about staying?" And I, I couldn't have jumped any faster. I pretty much <laughs> flew across the room and said, "Please, please let me be here." So <laughs> your artwork is amazing. I'm looking at four of your liquor bottles that you have designed. That Thank is you. absolutely amazing. I, I mean, literally, I mean, they are amazing. So I have to ask, I, I, I see the Josh today, but the Josh from yesterday was not the Josh today. And what I'm saying is you weren't always this good. You had to start somewhere like everybody does that is following a dream. Absolutely. At what age did you realize, hey, you know what? I actually like this whole drawing thing. Or was it something that you just got in trouble when you were in school and the teachers were like, hey, listen, you have homework and stop drawing on, on, on your sheets of paper. Oh, I, I, I had both. <laughs> believe me. Yeah, I was, uh, I definitely was chastised a few times by the teachers because I was, I would spend more time sketching than taking notes. And that went all the way through college. Um, so yeah, I mean, I always loved to draw ever since I was a little kid. I was, you know, I was always fascinated with cartoons and comic books and, and I, I always wanted to draw them. That was kind of my creative outlet to get rid of that. So, so were you a smart kid too? I was average. I was like a three point student or something like okay, that. So well, I was that's good. Know, I was okay. Um, I didn't really apply myself very hard because I mean, eventually I was like, you know, I want to be an artist. Who cares if I 
I'm great in math, which when, is pure laziness. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's your story and you're sticking to it. That's right. But at what age did, did you look in the mirror and say, you know what? I think I want to do this for a living. I want to try this. I think it was probably, it probably wasn't until after high school. Uh, I, you know, in high school, I, I, I was in art, art classes and I liked doing art, but I was, I just wasn't ready to jump into it yet for some reason yeah. and commit to it. Um, I was just really into sports at that point. I wanted to play football, and and uh, so that was really a big focus of mine was was working on that. And I knew that um, eventually I was going to go to college, and and so I was really focused in high school on on that aspect of my life and uh, trying to trying to make a go with that. What did your family think of your drawing? Um, they've always been supportive. You know, they've they. I mean, some of them they kind of raise their eyebrows and go, "You're you're a little bit of a weirdo, right?" So, you know, but it, so the, you get that out of everybody now and again. But you know, everybody's always been cool about it. I've never you know had too many people that have said said anything negative about it. There's been a few points where I'd been working on it for a long time, and people go, "You know, God, you've been doing this for how long, and you haven't made it? Are you going to give up?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not." So, so was it always? Because I'm I, I look at some some of the stuff you do and they're like superheroes type drawings. Mm -hmm. Is that what you started out drawing? Yes, uh, absolutely. When I was a kid, I, I was, God, I can remember, I have sketchbooks back from when I was in kindergarten. You, re you still do? Yeah, where I, oh, I was drawing. My cool. mom will show me pictures, you know, where I was drawing Superman and I would put, we had horses and dogs on the farm, like it's yeah. kind of a farm type deal. And so I would put capes on everything, you know, everything <laughs> had a cape and they'd all be flying along. All the pets were flying along with me and my brother and whatever. So, so is it because you wanted to be a superhero yourself or is it just because maybe you were fighting with something inside you that that's what motivated you because you knew that you could be like that person one day? I think I, I definitely, you know, admired the superhero aspect for sure back then. I mean, what kid doesn't yeah. like the idea of Batman or Superman or Spider-Man, you know? And so when I started really getting into comics and, and looking through them, and I was amazed by the art. I loved the art and I loved the action. And uh, I loved the movie. I remember the Superman movie, the original Superman movie with yep. Christopher Reeves. I was, that blew my mind back in the day. And so that was, that really got me into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think eventually, honestly, I think that played a lot into sports too, where I was, you know, was always interested in people who were strong and athletic and could yeah. do things that nobody else could do. And I think that football played into a lot, a lot to me where that was kind of part of the, part of the dream really, of, yeah. of, you know, college football and pro football and things of that nature. I could wait to ask you this question and Joshua you're going to appreciate this because this was not on my four sheets of questions to ask Josh <laughs> and that is if you could be a superhero what superhero would you be and what superpower would you have oh geez um I mean, if, if I was going to pick my own superpower, I think I would, I would pick something that was a little more off base. I mean, it'd be like, you know, I think it would be interesting to be able to have the power of, you know, like pure communication where you could really make somebody understand and you could also understand them, you know, cause there's so much, so much fighting with, you know, can I, can I understand where this person's coming from? Can I understand, can they understand where I'm coming from? And I, I think that would be really be something cool to be able to, you know, if, if I'm talking to a scientist who knows a million things more, I could understand what they're talking about and I could learn what they're talking about. So I think the power of communication and that's, that's really a lot of the power of art to me is, you know, that, that power of being able to communicate with people. That is the, the, that is an awesome, awesome answer. Thank you. I, I, I have often asked some of the people that I, I get to interview some of the NASCAR drivers and stuff. And usually it's, it's, you know, I wish I, you know, um, I could be, um, invisible for a day, <laughs> you know, or something kind of funny and stuff like that. But Joshua, what kind of superhero, um, would you be? I, I have no idea. I'm, is it? Do you do you, do you look at you yourself? You go to the sometimes? buffet and you, you, you never get full. Is that one? You never get full. I can just keep eating. No. <laughs> it's just, it, it, as soon as he said that, Josh, I, I thought to myself, 
you just remind me of the uh, of the guy that eats like all the hot dogs like in like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'd be that guy with a cake. We just tried a few buffets back in the day. We were powerful. <laughs> I guess I, you know, Superman's powers, you know, would be, I don't, definitely don't have an eloquent answer like, like Josh. I never thought about that, but you yeah. really, world peace could happen if you had someone who could communicate effectively yes. to everybody. So I don't have something like that. You know, it would be fun to be able to fly and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Josh, I'm, I'm going to let you ask the next question. So, you know, you talked, you talked about it briefly, um, you know, grow, growing up in a small town and mm-hmm. sports were a big deal. And when I really got to know you was in the college years. And, and, and why don't you tell, tell you played college football. Where did you play and what was that? What was that like? Uh, well, after, yeah, after graduating from Charlevoix, I went, we went on to play at, uh, at Central Michigan University, and I was a, I was a walk-on there, a non-scholarship guy, and uh, you know, I wasn't a preferred walk-on or anything, just came in with the regular student body, kind of, you know, everybody says Rudy style. What so. was, not, not, to, not to just to jump in here, so what was that like, going from being in you know, Charlevoix and, and being the, you know, the best player on the team, and then going there as a walk-on in this whole new world? Yeah. What, what was that like? It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was about what I expected. Luckily, because I had some people, you know, I, I, our other roommate, Bruce, uh, who, who I went to high school with had, had been there. And I, so I talked to him about it a little bit. I had a little bit of an idea what was coming on the meat squad, you know, where you're, you're, nobody cares if you're there kind of thing. And, and it's just you, you know, you're there for yourself kind of, you're there for the team, I should say. But, um, you know, you're, nobody's, nobody's going to cry if you leave that day. Cause you aren't a star. You aren't important mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Um, so I knew it was coming in that way and, uh, which, which was lucky, um, to have that insight. Um, so yeah. And then, and then from there, it was just a matter of, uh, you know, building that respect and learning how to play the game that way. And, uh, you know, you, you have to, uh, you have to change some minds at that point because every, nobody recruited you. None of those guys really wanted you there. What was, what was that like when they sat you down and said, you know what, we're going to give you a scholarship. What was that moment like? You know, it was, it, if it, obviously it felt really good. Um, you know, and then the best part wasn't so much that moment. I mean, I was happy in that moment, but it was better when I was able to call my dad and, and tell him that, you know, Hey, you know, you worked, he, he had been supporting me to that point and my family, you know, and they'd been paying the bills and, and it was like, man, you know, I just feels really good to be able to give that back. Yeah. You know, and, uh, what position? So I, I, I was a nose tackle. I was a defensive tackle. Uh, I was too fat and slow to play anywhere else. That's for sure. So I was too small. I was too small. Everybody always thought I would be a better offensive lineman, but I was too small. I'm only six one and uh, I was undersized just for defensive line at division one. So I'm going to piggyback on that question. Did you pick somebody on the team that was a little bit older than you that maybe you looked up to that you asked for help? Because there, there, there's a lot of, they always say that if you don't ask, you won't receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that just don't ask. Were you one of the guys that said, you know, I'm going to do this on my own and I'll be, I'll be part of the team? Or did you kind of like reach out to somebody and they kind of took you under their wing? Yeah. I mean, I've always been more of a loner, quiet type when I'm in that type of situation. So uh, there were a couple of guys who are on the on the uh, on the practice squad, though, that kind of were like, hey, you know, follow me if we're going to we're going to go here for the for this drill and that drill, which was helpful, you know, just because mm-hmm. I never would have asked. No, that's just not who I am. Um, so we kind of, I kind of made my way that way and, and met a few people there and, uh, they kind of gave me a little bit of an idea about, you know, do I have to go to meetings? When are the meetings? Cause the coaches don't tell you anything. You have right. no idea. Um, you're just thrown out there, give them some pads and, and let's see if you can swim. And then watching video and stuff like that. Right. Was right. there at, at any point, because football was such a big deal for you, mm-hmm. did you ever give up your art? Um, no, there's, there's never been a point where I, I stopped doing art. Um, there's definitely been times where I didn't work on it as hard as I should have, which was, 
you know, those areas, I, you know, if I could go back and, and work harder on it when I was in college, it would have saved me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of spinning my wheels after college. But was, was your art your safe place? Um, yeah, it's always like been kind you, of my safe you know place. What I mean? something that I feel comfortable yeah. doing. It's something that I feel good about doing and I'm proud of. And, and so, I mean, I think that's part of the draw to it to make it part of my professional life is how good I feel about it. So what kind of artist are you? Like, do you, do you draw with a pencil? Do you paint? What is it for the listeners? What kind of art and what did you start doing and what are you into now? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I grew up just using pencils. I was, was where I, I started out and again, drawing comic book characters and, and, and fanciful things like that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, doing, starting out with the bottles, I got into pen and ink. I've, I've done uh, pen and ink from there was a natural progression for, for the line work that I like to do. I like really detailed drawings. Um, but I, I do a little bit of everything I do. I've got, some of our bottles have my artwork as, as oil paintings. Uh, I've done a, done acrylic paintings on the, on the wall murals downtown. I, I've done sculptures. So You've I like some do with chalk I even. I seen work, some yeah. of his chalk art. It looks like a real person laying there. That girl <laughs> that, I, that, that I saw, yeah. I was like, wow, she's like laying there. Right. But it was chalk. I had I had to look. I thought it was a photo. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a fun project too. Do you remember your first time getting paid to do a piece of art? Oh, geez, it was probably in high school where I had brought something home or something, and you know, some family member had purchased something from me. I don't specifically remember the first time, no. Um, but you know, there was you know, it's nice when when they. You know, the family members throw you a couple bones here. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll take right. it. You know, so uh, the, the pity buys, the mercy buys, <laughs> I guess you'll say. So did you ever have one of the art shows? Like, did you ever have uh, anything like that? Did you ever put your art up for show or I, I don't know what, what, what do they call those? Like, uh, you know, yeah, like okay. artists have like, like a showcase or something. A showcase or, right, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I've never done it like in a, in a, in a like a, uh, an art museum or art uh, gallery type setting. Right. No, uh, I, I mean, I, in, in school, there was always, you know, they would always have the art shows in this in the summer times or whatever in the spring times, and so I would have my own little setup there for that type of thing. Um, but no, I've never really, I've never really had it other than stuff coming out for the bar professionally. Listen to this: you give inspiration through your hands, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you inspire people, mm-hmm. but now his artwork inspires people in a different way. Not only. By looking at the bottle, yeah. <laughs> it's what's in the bottle. Right. Well, I can't <laughs> take credit for that part. That's somebody else's no, right, artwork. But, but yeah, but it, I mean, it's a two, two, you know, a, a twofold here. What kind of of liquor are in the bottles? Well, we we have uh, several products that are, I think we have six or seven products that are out now. Um, but we have our, our gray stash. Uh, Where's that at again? Where do you? Uh, this is for Rustico Spirits. Uh, we have a distillery on a Telegraph Road in Dearborn Heights. Um, and so they've been, we've been in business for, I think five or six years now. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> we have a couple, two gins. We have the, the, the gray stash gin, and then we have the, our regular gin stash gin. Um, the gray stash is, is, a flavored with Earl gray tea. And then we have our, uh, cinnamon whiskey, our ginger devil cinnamon whiskey. Uh, our biggest product is probably our vodka, which is our Detroit steam vodka. Um, and that, that's kind of our flagship product right now. Uh, Where do you get your motivation from? My boss, by paying you the dollars. No. Um, honestly, I, I just take pride in in how it comes out. Honestly, but I mean, I mean, and, and I have, a, I have, I'm, I'm really lucky with the way my boss is an art guy. He graduated from CCS in, in, in Detroit, and so, and and he's done a lot of design work. And so we're kind of a team, actually. I mean, all these bottles are are kind of the product of you know, with me and Joe Schiebel uh, working together, and and he he's always giving me ideas, and and uh, you know 
pushing me in different directions and saying, I think you can do this. I think we can do that. And uh, so, so it's always been a great relationship in that way of, of us kind of teaming up on, on, on making the, the labels. I can't wait to show the audience and, and I will, I will take photos and put it on my Twitter at uh, MC Johnny D number four and my Instagram at motivational cowboy. But the labels are so inspiring all by themselves. They tell a story. Did you actually draw this or is this what they call digital art these days? Yeah. Uh, well, it starts off as, as a hand-drawn art. And like I said, it's a pen and ink drawings for some of them. Some of them are, are oil paintings. Um, but wow. yeah, it all starts out wow. on paper or on canvas. And then from there, I scan it in or take a photo. And, uh, and, and, and then I will do digital alterations from there if I want to change things. A lot of times things get cut up or made to fit the, the product correctly. Or, or we come up with, with entirely new ideas where we say we want, we want a different color here. Even there, the font so. and everything is from your head? The font is not. No, oh, we, do, okay. we do drop the fonts in there, but all the, the, the line work and the, and, the, and the drawings are... So I'm looking at the stash. What made you draw a mustache the way that it that that is so that's like, that's actually given to me from the boss and so so, so it was his idea and you just went, and went with yep. it he says you know and, and that was based off of our our gin so our gin is a gin stash is what it's called yep and so it's all about the mustache thing and and so so like, does your boss have a big stash or something is that why he does not we just we just like the uh <laughs> we, we like the uh that old old style feel uh you know the, the antique-ish type type feel and that's kind of goes with what our product range is and and uh and so he'll get that's usually how it work he'll give me an idea of what he's thinking and then I'll do sketches based on that and I'll kind of come up with a layout from there or, or, or maybe what the image might be. You know, sometimes he's got a clearer picture and sometimes, you know, I, I have a clear picture. So, so we'll, we'll work together and come out with the image from there. Do you ever take a ride through um, downtown Detroit to get inspiration, to maybe even use some of those older buildings um, or photos from the past? For sure, yeah. Especially with our uh, Detroit steam bottle. Yeah. Uh, that, that, the background on that. Uh, and the rat the rod there. That's yeah. sweet. And that's that's one of our flagship ships of the company is the the, the, the Rustico rat rod, uh, which Joe designed that and put that together himself. That's that's all built by him. For, it's kind of our... I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Not because there's so much liquor sitting on this table right now, <laughs> but your artwork is so inspiring. Well, I mean, I, I, I can't even tell you... I had no clue it was going to be like this. Well, I appreciate wow. that. And you know, it's, it's, it's good to feel that way for me, you know, because I was so inspired when I was a kid, you know, looking at other people's artwork, you know, looking at my favorite comic book artists, you know, like who, who did you look up to? Because we oh, all have, we've all had mentors for sure. For sure. And I mean, growing, it's always changed over the years, but I mean, yeah. I grew up, you know, reading the old Steve Ditko Spider-Mans and, and, and things of that nature where you'd see the old back issues and, and, uh, getting into, uh, Todd McFarlane when he was doing Spider-Man, I went, I went nuts for that in the early nineties and, uh, into Sam Keith. Sam Keith was an artist, uh, who, who were, who, who did a lot of more cartoony things that I, that really changed my perspective on, you know, what you could do and what was acceptable. And then Bill Sienkiewicz has been huge for me the last, the last 10 to 20 years. Josh, every great athlete has had great coaches throughout their career. Mm -hmm. And when I use the word coach, that doesn't mean it was an, a literal coach in your life. Mm -hmm. Who have been some of the people that inspired you through your life so far? Oh, wow. There's I mean, you, you just gave us some of the people that you inspired through their art, but mm -hmm. I'm just talking about who inspired you. There's been so many of them that have, that have helped out. Uh, uh, Bruce Waha was my track coach back in the day uh, in high school. And uh, he really taught me a lot, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Have you? Did you ever go back and, and tell him how much 
he in, he influenced you. I, you? I did. We talked. I talked to him. I met. Saw him a couple times afterwards, and said, yeah. "You know, coach, that was. I was really. He was my favorite coach in school by far. You know, he's he's a cranky old bastard, but we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what I loved about him. I kind of took after him a little bit, probably at sometimes. Yeah. But uh, you know, between between him and and you know, I had some other great high school coaches who were you know who. My coach Hal Evans was big and get, get me in the weight room, and I that really changed my life. He would come into the weight room every day, and there were only two or three of us at the time, and and you know he was there to, to work out with us and 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 show us how to work out correctly, and you know that was that changed my life really. You know right. for all the time that he spent with us, that he wasn't getting paid, and uh, you know that's that's kind of the coaching the coaching way. And I, I did a little bit of coaching after after college in high school, and it was huge. I really enjoyed it a lot working with kids and doing that same kind of thing. So you get to design these super sweet bottles. But do you ever get to taste the product, why it's being made to put in these sweet bottles? Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our distiller, Andrew Starnes. <laughs> I want to be there always, for that meeting. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he's always putting together something different. So, you know, if I'm going in there to have a meeting or something and, and he's brewing up something new and he's trying out some new tastes and, you know, they'll bring out a little dropper and go, hey, try this, try this, yeah. try that. You know, it's like this is good. This takes, this tastes like garbage. And so, you know, so, but usually it's really good stuff, you know? So, so are you now appreciating liquor in a different way? No, I'm not a big liquor guy. He's like, no, nope, I just do the shots. Nope, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Put it out there and I'll drink it. No, um, I, I am, I, I have some now and again, I am not a huge drinker, honestly. Uh, I, I like wine better than I like beer or liquor. So yeah, I, I probably fit into that artsy category, right? Where everybody thinks I'm a, an artsy guy now. So <laughs> you know, the guy drinking wine with his pinky out, but no, I, I, uh, I, I enjoy some here and there, but yeah, I don't, I don't get carried away with the booze. So another, another, so one thing that's really interesting for, you know, was there ever a dynamic you were talked about, you know, playing football in college and then you get out of college and, you know, throughout college, you're, you're starting to see art as a career. Then you get out of school and now you're in the real world. And, you know, cause we we're talking about this, position you have now this this career you have now the that's just you get to do what you really love to do but mm-hmm. i'm sure it wasn't always that way because it's unconventional yeah and so what was that like when you, what's that journey been like from getting out of college now you got to get in the real world but i want to do something that's so unconventional and maybe doesn't make sense to some people right what was that what was that journey like uh, it was, you know, it, it was a struggle for sure at times, uh, getting out of college. And I, I thought I was way better than I was as an artist, and which, you know, I, I didn't go to an art school. I went to CMU, which is, you know, it's more of a teacher's school. Um, so there weren't a lot of people in the classes where I felt like I was, you know, man, I really need to work harder to be better than I'm a competitive person just straight mm-hmm. up. So, um, you know, there was those moments where I, I thought I was way better at what I did than what I, than what I was. And, you know, you get out at, out of school and I, and I started working on it and, and doing my own illustrations. And then I would take them out to shows and, and the guys just weren't that into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, well, okay. All right. And so I was really disappointed. Humble pie. Times. Yeah. <laughs> I got my slice of it big time. Yeah. So, 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 you know, you go back and you're, 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 I remember a few times where I'd go back to my hotel room, you know, I'd go to Chicago for a show or something and I go back and lay in the bed and I go, man, there's a year of work down the drain. <laughs> you know, I still suck, you know, and you, you're laying there and I'm depressed and I'm thinking, man, what's what next? And I go, well, what's next? You know, I, I ain't giving up. Yeah. Right. You know, it's you. I, it's either you know, it's either sink or swim. You either you can either go and, and do something you don't like all the time, or else you can put your nose to the grindstone and uh, and and figure out 
a way to, to work harder at this and get better at this. I think that's something that Johnny and I've talked about before as, you know, bombing on stage, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's part of, you know, Johnny's, I was just going to ask you that. You told that's me stories that. before about <laughs> you. I was writing it down just so. You, you, when you bomb, you know, and it just doesn't go well, the jokes don't land and you yeah. lose track of where you're at. It happens to all of us. And yeah. So, I mean, that's something that, especially if you're doing something that's not like a job that you just do this, you know, a simple thing or whatever. So what was that like for you, like that, that gut check? And then, you know, how, how you responded, like, sounded like you doubled down and said, okay, I'm just going to work harder. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then that was, you know, I, I, at the time I was, um, you know, I was working as a house painter for about 10 years when I was in, in living in Northern Michigan. How old were you when that happened? I was probably in my mid twenties, 24 or something okay. like that, maybe 25, um, where I was going out to a lot of shows and uh, comic book shows, trying to get work as an illustrator. And, uh, you know, and so I, I, you know, doubled back down and, and, and I, I, I had the job as a, as a house painter and which I really, really did not like, I did not enjoy that job, but it was, it, I learned a lot from it actually, you know, which was why I took it. And I also took it as a mind game with myself because I knew I wasn't going to like it. And I said, you know what, you're either, you're going to take a job that you hate and you're going to stick with it. And cause that's going to motivate you on the weekends to, to draw. It's going to make the you, comfort zone. yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's going to keep the fire under my butt to keep working hard. And I took my sketchbook to work. I sketched on my lunch breaks. I sketched on my breaks. I sketched when I got home and I, I eventually I put the time in that I, that I should have been putting in more when I was in school. But how good did, though, did that make you feel though, even as a house painter? Cause I know when the guy comes and does my house, you know, a couple times a year, mm-hmm. I, I just want to hug the guy. Because I, I, I hate painting. Mm-hmm. When you left, I mean, it, you, you had to have some kind of satisfaction of going, you know, this isn't my dream, but man, I'm getting still paid to do something cool. Well, sure. I mean, and, and, and giving somebody else something in return. Yeah. I mean, instant it, gratification, I guess, is what I'm looking for. We worked you know? on some really nice houses too. And we were a high end and uh, painting crew. We worked on a lot of the mansion type places in Harbor Springs area. Yeah. And uh, so we, we did a lot of really nice houses and projects that came out really nice afterwards. You're like, yeah, you know, that was, you know, we, 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 we did something oh. that we can be proud of at least with that, where we weren't, we weren't a, a slop and slop right. and drop kind of, kind of an operation, you know? So hundred bucks for three what I learned there. That was another, that was, a, it was a perfect situation. If I was going to pick a house painting crew to work for, you know, I picked the perfect one because it was all about detail and it was always about being clean and being neat. And, and yep. those are things that I could take over into my artwork in a lot of ways. And, you know, a lot of things that I did learn about sheens and, and how to use rollers and, and how to, you know, so I learned a lot of valuable stuff that I actually use in my paintings now for, for putting on varnishes and, and things of that nature that have really been helpful eventually. And, and a lot of experimental stuff that, that I've kind of brought on from there. So, you know, take your experiences and, and, and put yourself in a position yeah, at where least you can learn, learn something. Them, yeah. yeah. I think it's really interesting too, is how so many times, you know, all of us in some level where we get doing something we're not really comfortable with, but there's an aspect of, and you talked a little bit before we started about what you learned from sports, but the whole idea of hustling. So yeah. you're on your lunch, you're on your break, you're on your weekends yep. and you're like, you know what? I got to do this job. I'm going to learn from it. I got to do this job, but I'm going to keep hustling on this dream. And, and, and that's, that's really cool. And it made the question for the listeners is what's your hustle? Yeah. What, what do you want to do? What, what's your thing that, that you are so passionate about that you would give up your, you know, social media on your lunch hour to do it. You know, like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's really cool. Guys, when I first started my career, I literally dropped everything. Like I walked in and when I quit, I quit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I lived in a, in a basement apartment with two other guys that I didn't know. I had one room with a padlock on it. I mean, I mean, when, when I say I gave up everything, the house, the cars, everything, I was a janitor at night and would speak 
during the day. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point I, I upgraded and I cleaned carpets. <laughs> and there was times that he needed me. He let me follow my dream. And there was times I got done speaking and had to meet him at a job and change out of my suit and then go and change into my cleaning clothes. Right. That's your hustle. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to still pay the bills, but don't give up on your dream. Absolutely. Josh, have you ever had an embarrassing moment? Oh, yeah. So who hasn't, right? Uh, well, it, it, and, I, and I ask that because I know Joshua in our business, I mean, we're in front of like people, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask him the same question sure. because I'm thinking to myself, well, the embarrassing moment would be by yourself because mm-hmm. he's an artist, right? I mean, I don't know. So it's like, yeah. what happened? Well, I, I'll give you two of them, actually. Uh, <laughs> I remember I remember the one that I remember really, really bad was in college. Uh, I think we were playing Purdue and... Uh, I, it was one of my first games where I was, you know, really playing a lot and uh, we were coming off from defense and I, and uh, we had, we had just gotten actually a stop against Purdue, which was like mind blowing, right? And Drew Brees was actually quarterback at that point. So we were playing, wow. it was one of a, one of our, one of those big games where you, you're playing a big 10 team. And I, I, I just panicked at one point coming off the field and, uh, I couldn't remember if, if if they had called punt punt safe or if they had called <laughs> called for the punt the punt return team. And so I'm sitting out That's there trying to figure out it is. And so I'm halfway between the coaches and the sidelines trying to count how many people are in the field. And I know everybody in the stadium's looking at me, right? And so I'm just out there going crazy. And finally they they call, had to call a timeout or we got we got a flag or something. And I and I'm going over the sideline and I'm just like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. You know, so you got seventy thousand people looking at you as you screw up. That's I guess that. But that's the situation you put yourself in when you go out on those fields. But uh, yeah, that, that was more than a little bit embarrassing. Uh, but my coaches didn't didn't kill me too much about it. But, right. Uh, and yeah, your that, second that was, one? Uh, my second one was definitely when I when I published my my comic book and uh, like one which of is first, incredible. I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, my comic book is called the Detroit Memoirs. I probably did it five or six years ago now. And uh, <clears throat> but anyways, I, I did it. And one of the first people I gave it to, you know, pointed. You know, first so thing. So is I this look my copy? Him, yeah. I, so I wanted to ask him on the podcast so he couldn't say no. <laughs> He'd be like, no, it's five bucks. <laughs> I, got a, I got a copy too, but thanks, by the way. I might have to hide it from my kids, though. <laughs> but, but anyways, one of, the, one of the first people that I gave it to, though, looked through it and, and, uh, and read it and came back to me and I said, yeah, what do you think? And, and he goes, well, yeah, it was good except for this one thing. And I go, oh, God, what, what did I misspell? What, what happened? Right. You know? And, and uh, it turned out I had made a, a continuity error between, you know, this and that in there. And I, it wasn't that big of a deal, but for some reason I was just so embarrassed about it. I was just, you know, I'd, I'd put so much time into this book and I had worked so hard on it and tried to find every mistake. At it, and, and it just like, it wasn't perfect no matter what I'd put into it. And so it was, uh, I was, I was just like, Oh, so now every time, but everybody looks at it, I'm like, yep, here's the screw up. Just there it is. You know, this, this is what's wrong. You know, <laughs> everything in life has a little mistake in it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had in wrote two books and I'm still finding little mistakes mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't I catch this? Right. You know what I mean? And it's already a year old. Yeah. The, you know, and, and I think about that in life. We all, I mean, nothing is ever perfect. True. I'm mm-hmm. sure that you can look at any piece of your artwork and find something that you're like, you know what? I should have done that a little bit better. I should have done that. Nobody else would know. Right. Except for you. Yep. And that's, that's, you know, you to be your worst critic and you yeah. know, people say, you know, don't be so hard on yourself, but I think you have to be hard on yourself to, to push yourself and to get better at what you're doing. So you have to be looking for those things. If you're not, I think you're cheating yourself. That's right. Do you remember the first time that somebody walked up to you and said, wow, your art is amazing or what that feels like today? Um, I mean, there were, when in school, there was always people who would, who would say, man, I really love your work and this and that. And that was awesome. You know, I mean, to everybody who's ever, you know, pushed the like button on, on social media or, you know, has, 
especially who has bought something from me or bought a piece of art, it's like, thank you. You know, every little bit pushes you along, you know, Mm -hmm. of of people giving you a compliment or this or that. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the most fun times for me, and this is just a little thing, but I remember I met this guy at a concert one time and, uh, he came up to me, we were outside the show and, and he, he just, we just randomly started talking and I, 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 you know, we exchanged names or whatever. And I told him my name and he goes, he goes, wait, you're not the Josh Steele, are you? Right? And it's like, you know, and I go, well, I never thought about it that way, but I guess I am. You know? so, and he had read my book, and, and and so it was like, oh, you know, that's that's like my you know, one of the fan interactions, you yeah. know, which you you you've been building up to for a long time. So it was a really small thing, but it was it was fun. For me. Have you that's ever been really sitting neat. at a bar and somebody said something about one of the bottles that you designed? Like, have you ever been in that situation? You're like, yeah, that's me. Like, it's like, you don't want to say something like, hey, right, right. I designed that. Because you're sitting at the bar and everybody has a story sitting at the bar stool. Yeah. And no one's probably going to believe you anyways. No. Well, but has that ever happened? Yeah. I mean, every, every once in a while, I'll be downtown having a meeting or something. And you'll hear somebody talking about how much they love this, the murals on the wall or they love the way the bottles are done or, you know. The waitresses will mention to somebody that I'm there and they'll come over and want to have something signed. And, and those, are, those are definitely rewarding moments, you know, yeah, to, to, I, to have I, people appreciate this stuff. <laughs> I took my I took my my mother in law and father in law to a show in Detroit uh, a couple months ago, and we went to the Rusted Crow, and I I was just like, yeah, my friend did that, <laughs> yeah, my friend did that, yeah, my friend did that. They're like, your friend did that. And so to all the listeners, if you're in the Detroit area, you go into the Rusted Crow, and the, the murals that Josh has mentioned very modestly a couple times. It's breathtaking what yeah, what has absolutely. been done on the Thank brick you. in there. It's just absolutely breathtaking. And I, I felt a lot of, I mean, I was, yeah, that's my buddy, you know, and, <laughs> and, but it's, it's, it is amazing. And I wonder what it's like for you walking in there and watching people look at that kind of stuff. Cause you know, you're just doing you mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's work that you did a long time ago and you're on to other projects but people who just walk in there, they have to be in shock when they see, because it's not just like a painting on the wall, it's the brick and it's all the, it's just amazing. Have you ever been to the trolley stop? I have not, no. They have a th- the same kind of deal. Now we're talking back in the 60s and the trolley stop actually used to be in Detroit, like right on Verner. Okay. And they take, they took the wall, like literally cut the wall out and put it in this same kind of deal. And I mean, it is just, um, it, it's amazing. And do you ever get sick of seeing your own artwork Oh, or do you, sure. or do you just take it for granted? And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely things where I'm like, especially like you were talking about when you're seeing mistakes on things where you're just like, God, please don't <laughs> let me ever see that piece of artwork again. Cause it's so bad. I can't stand it. You know, that, that, that for sure happens. Um, but, but most of the stuff that I've done professionally, I feel pretty good about still. Is there any kind of art that you still want to conquer? Absolutely. I, I would still love to go back to the comic book thing again at some point. You know, I still I have I have some stories that I want to tell and um, some some books that I, I, I've started working on. I have a short story book that I started working on that I'd like to self-publish here in, in the near future. And, and, you know, I'd like to take a shot at that at some point to, to, to work for an image comics or maybe a Marvel or DC type type situation. It's just be just to say that I did it, you know, yeah. so it was a dream for mine for, for a long time. And, you know, I, I really love what I do now. Um, but it'd be fun to at least have that as a side project somewhere where I can go off for a month and do a book and, or, or a couple months. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, it's still a passion of mine. I, I love storytelling. I think storytelling is really great. Playing football for so long, do you still go to the gym and work out all the time? I go a couple times a week, but I tell you what, it's a lot harder to drag my butt there now than it used to be. It's like, you know, there, when there when there's no goal, you know, it's, it's like back then it was easy because I always felt like you had you know, to, you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you and and you everybody was dependent on you to be prepared. Is the way that I looked at it. You know, it was like I didn't want to let my teammates down that I wasn't the one who who had been lifting weights and was in shape. And so it's, for me, it was you know you're motivated by fear in that in that aspect. For me, anyways, was I was scared not to be ready. Do you have a favorite piece of artwork that every time <clears throat> that you see it or walk by it or think about it, it just makes you smile and that's what keeps you motivated? Um, I, I mean, for me, it would probably be like a artwork as in a, like a full book, like if. if Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns is this comic book that I had as a, as a graphic novel as a kid. And I read that thing so many times that the cover fell off of it. Literally. It has but that no was cover. his. I'm talking about your piece of artwork. Oh, for my pieces of yeah. artwork? Oh, like, geez. is there one piece that, 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 that you could tell us right now? You're like, that thing is just, you know what I mean? That's what keeps me going all the time. No, I, I don't. And honestly, I once they're once they're done, I I I don't I feel good about them. <laughs> right. But I, I'm thinking about the next thing. I want the next thing to be bigger, and I want the next thing to be better. And um, yeah, I'm I'm more inspired by what's coming than what's been what's in the past. Joshua, how about you? I mean, what do you have? One single piece of um, I I don't even know what I I, I I guess in the speaking business is there is there one thing that keeps you going something that that you have done maybe it was a presentation maybe it was it it was a comment back from a student maybe it was you know um, that just keeps you going at all times yeah I I think you know I'm I'm a lot like Josh is in the sense that it's very hard to live on something that you did before it's you're always wanting to make something better but I I definitely think you know the first time. You do something, you know, way back, like when I first got out of college, and the first time I spoke, and people came up afterwards, and that that does make 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 a big difference. But I can certainly relate to where he's at because, and you know too, Johnny, you tell a story, and you're like, man, if I could do this a little different. So it is hard to to go back and look at this stuff you did, but there are certain things that you sometimes want to do to to go back and say, hey, you know, look what I did, and then that it does inspire you to move forward. But you also can't get stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you asked me the exact same question. Well, what, so, Johnny, what about you? No, and, and, and the reason why, and the reason why I asked both of you is because when I asked it, there, I think, I think back of one thing that triggers me to do what I get to do every single day, and that is the first thing I got to do as a professional speaker. And I go back, and I, and I, and I literally, I, I, I'm getting kind of a little emotional, but. It was the first tape I did. And back then it was tapes. It wasn't CDs. It wasn't a podcast. It wasn't, you know, online. Real to real and back then. With yeah, the, the absolutely. And I mean, even though, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was a cassette. And I'll never forget being in the studio. I had enough money for two hours. The first half of the CD, because remember, it was, it was half. Yeah. And then you turn it over, and it would be the B side. You put it in and put it in. And, uh, and all of a sudden I, you, you could hear me start talking faster cause I was running out of money <laughs> <laughs> and I have a picture of it downstairs and because you always have to start somewhere. You can't start at the top of the mountain. Right. You have to stop, start at the, at the bottom of the mountain and work your way up. And the story takes place going up the mountain. Nobody ever just goes right to the top. And if they do, it never lasts. Sure. So I think about that and I, you know, you, you have to walk, you know, you have to crawl before you walk, you have to walk before you run. And I just, I always go back to sometimes going, 
downstairs and and Joshua, you know my basement's filled with you know cool things I've got to to do. And and I don't sh- I don't have them for me. I have them, or I I don't have them for everybody else. I have them for me mm-hmm. because sometimes we do forget about the cool things we've done. And sometimes we need to be reminded how cool we really are and how cool of a job we really have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I know. I just, I I just kind of like went off, but it's like sometimes we need to look back and say, you know what? I did it. Yeah. Nobody can tell me anymore that I'm not doing it. I'll never forget my first presentation. Just prob- prob- probably like the first time you got the draw, you know, and, and make money at it. You're like, nobody can tell me no more that I'm not doing it. I'm doing it. Look at it. I got paid. <laughs> I got paid for this. Yeah. There's something about being able to encourage yourself. Yeah, you have to. Because sometimes when you're doing something that's outside of the box, I mean, sometimes, you know, you have a wife or a friend that is always there for you, but I'm sure there were times, maybe you know, Josh, where you maybe felt like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever, but you have to be able to encourage yourself and, you know, believe in yourself even if you don't all the way. Yeah. You have to just keep believing in yourself because you know there's something there. And I'm sure your journey was like that too. Where sure. You, so I mean, everybody's sure got to play a mind game with themselves right. to some yeah. point. And, and I think that's an important game. part of getting things done. You that's know, right. Figuring that's out right. how to motivate yourself. And like, like for instance, uh, I have a, I work on a Cintiq a lot when I, uh, when it's, which is like a, like a giant iPad for art and you got a little drawing pen on it or whatever. And, but it's a big screen. And so for my homepage though, I have uh, actually have a picture of me with my, with my old painting crew on there. So every day when I get up, <laughs> it's me and my painting crew. That's standing what there I'm going, talking about. I better it, it, work my ass off today. Right, and I have to go I'm back. going back. Right. Exactly. You know, so, so that's my motivation every day. Every night, if, I, if I don't want to get up and work on the computer, I'd take one look at that and go, yep, I am not going back there if I can help it. So other than painting, other than your art, what other jobs have you done? Um, well, I, let's see. During my, my first job was shoveling manure on a farm, literally. <laughs> I, when I was, that was my first job. I, uh, somebody hired me to work on a farm, and I shoveled cow crap for <laughs> six hours a day. And, and we, I did some hay, throwing hay, throwing hay bells and stuff like that. So I, I kind of grew up in the farm community a little bit, um, but I always liked doing hay stuff. Um, so I did that and, uh, I, would worked some construction in high school for my, my construction teacher, um, which was, you know, kind of in the same trades thing with the house painting stuff. And, uh, in college I, I did a little bit of, uh, I actually worked in a, in a, in a bread truck loading place, uh, for like aunt Millie's type stuff. And so I would load, load bread trucks. Um, well, you know, that wasn't very heavy. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I didn't get my weightlifting in at that point. It was We played cards probably. But. You're like, yeah, I did like three skits of uh, bread. Yeah. yeah, the coaches didn't buy that one. Yeah, I still had to do my squats when I went to workouts later. But uh, <laughs> uh, And then after after that, I did do a little bit more construction work. And I, did, uh, I worked at a, a fitness center for a little bit for a while, just running the desk. Um, and then it was into the painting, into the house painting thing from there and that and coaching football. So would you say, because the three of us are artists Mm -hmm. in different ways, would you say that being an artist is lonely? Um, I'm kind of a a loner type person. I keep to myself a lot anyways. And I, I like quiet. I, I, I'm a basement guy. Like you were talking about living in the basement. You know, I, I love being in basements, you know, with no windows and it's dark and it's just me and my light on my desk. Those are like my dream situations. With your cape on? Yeah. Oh yeah. If I can find my cape, (laughs) I'm ready to roll. He dresses up as Batman. Let's not get that mental picture into people because they're going to be scared. (laughs) 
how can people find you online so they can see your artwork? Uh, well, you can if, if you're interested in the Rusted Crow products, uh, www.rustedcrow.com uh, has all of our all of our products, and you can see all of our bottles on there. Uh, we're working on redoing the website here soon, but. Uh, we uh, also, if you wanted to see my stuff, uh, where I post a lot of sketchbook art and things that you'd never see anywhere else on my Instagram, which is I'm uh, at skeel76, and that's S K E E L 76. And so you can see a lot of my stuff there too. Instagram is amazing. I love Instagram. I'm a huge Instagram. No, well, no, fan. no. I'm talking about your Instagram. Oh, thanks. Is amazing. <laughs> I mean, and you're right. Instagram is cool, but your Instagram is, if you're an artist, you need to check it out. I mean, I like when, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to call some friends in North Carolina that they paint. Um, the name of the company is Off Access Paint, and they paint um, a lot of the NASCAR um, drivers' helmets. Okay. And a couple of the guys do this kind of stuff on the helmets. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to say to them, you know what I mean? You got to check this guy's stuff out because I I appreciate it, but another artist would even appreciate it even more. Right. So I can't wait for people to go and check this stuff out. What is there anything that gets you angry? Oh geez, I don't want to talk about politics, but yeah, that gets me angry a lot. Okay, so let's so. <laughs> politics. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, beyond that, I'm a pretty pretty level guy, I think. Right, Josh? I don't get angry too much. No, um, so Unless I, you're playing I'm pretty video easy games going. back in Maryland. Oh Hall. yeah, I, I had to quit the video games because the blood pressure was going through the roof. So. You yeah. know, Johnny, I got to tell you one time. No, we, please, because I was just going to ask Josh to tell a story about Joshua. We, so we while he's together. telling this, you start thinking. We lived together one year. And we used to be, me, Josh and, and Bruce, we used to play video games and, and there was this recliner that, w- that was always getting punched if people didn't win their game. <laughs> and one time, I don't remember if it was, I think it was you, maybe it was Bruce. I can't remember. Somebody lost and the, the, the part of the recliner that goes up got punched so hard that it broke the chair. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. So <laughs> and that was Bruce's chair. He wasn't real happy with me either. So he's even keel now, but if you beat him in Madden or NBA 2K, oh, look out. I, I used to be so competitive and, and yeah, that might, that would set me off big time back then. I, I don't get as much into it nowadays where I'm playing, you know, playing tennis or something. It's just like, Oh, all right. It, this was fun. It's great to run around. But back then I didn't want to lose it anything. And it was, it would drive me crazy. So I'm just curious. Do you have a, a, a kind of a funny story? story about Joshua besides the fact that he loves and he goes to the bathroom often before a <laughs> podcast. I actually have a great story about Josh. And honestly, it was, I think it was the first time we ever were really chatting. We were at a track meet. You remember what yeah. I'm talking about? Wait, Josh? You, wait, 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 you both I, ran track. I think I might know where he's going with this. <laughs> wait a second. Did you both run track? We were both shot putters. I would, oh, okay. okay. We were yeah. running. No. We, both, we both track. There's yeah. no running in there. We wore the shorts. That's about as far as it went, as far as that goes. But, but yeah, we were, you know, you're at the shot, at the shot put ring and, uh, I I hadn't I don't think I'd ever really talked to Josh before much except for maybe here here there on the football field would say good play or something but uh, <laughs> anyways uh, we were we were throwing shot put and uh, and I remember Josh getting up there to go out and throw the shot and uh, gets in the ring and gets you know he's he's getting his warm up and he takes off and and uh, throws the shot put and man it flew forever it was it must have went fifty feet you know and fifty feet that's a good throw right and all of us just look and go. Oh my God. Cause usually he's, you know, he wasn't anywhere near that. And, and of course Josh had picked up the girl's shot, but, and had walked into <laughs> <Yeah>. the ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, out there. it was unbelievable. Was, was, that, 
<laughs> or did you know it that? It was accidental. I was just like, oh my gosh. All like, of God, sudden, I got stronger. All of a sudden, I'm awesome. I went out and got it. And I'm like, oh man, I felt so <laughs> Yeah. I was just, you know, because you didn't tell an embarrassing story, Josh, I thought I should bring that up. That was perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. That was perfect. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Josh, what advice could you give somebody that is listening right now and and they think they're that they're pretty good. Maybe some, you know some people tell them that they're pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good at anything. Yeah. What advice could you give them that you wish that you would have gotten when you were younger? <clears throat> Don't compare yourself to the people who are around you. As far as what you do, if you want to be great at something, you know and that's com- tough. Compare though. yourself to the people that you admire. And, you know, to me, you know, you're, I'm always climbing that mountain to, you know, compare my work to, to Bill Sienkiewicz where I want to be on that level, you know, or the, 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 or the, you know, the great artists that I, that I grew up looking at. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. And I, and you got to keep pushing towards that. Don't push towards, you know, being the best in your school. Don't push towards, you know, being the best one in your small little town, push towards being one of the best in the world. And, you know, if, if you're, if you never make it there, fine, but you're never going to regret Working hard to get to that point. Is there really an age in art? An age? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be a kid or you don't have to be. I mean, you, you can be 70 years old and start art, Absolutely. right? Yeah. I mean, anytime, anytime you're willing to pick it up and, and put the work in. And, and even, if you, even if you don't make a profession out of it, I mean, there's so much rewarding in art to, to, sit, to just sit down and do it and to make something, I think. Can you teach somebody how to draw? You personally. I can teach you how to draw, but you have to learn how to draw. It was more what it comes down to. So I can show you how to draw, um, but you have to spend the time to actually hone your own skills, basically, is what it comes down to. Nobody can teach you how to draw, and you're actually good. It's not like math where I can explain it on the board, and then you're good at it. Right. You, know? uh, you have to actually do it and, and, and make it your own way there. What is a dream project for you? I mean, me personally, being a guy that likes to have a cocktail every now and then, you have the dream job because you're <laughs> you have liquor bottles with your artwork on it. Mm-hmm. But everybody has their ultimate goal. Yeah. And 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 it doesn't have to be financial. Mm-hmm. Where would you love to see your artwork? I mean, I think that for me it would be, you know, to to do that project of of writing and illustrating a book that that uh that made an impact, I guess, you know, where the, like I've always, I don't agree with the politics of it, but I've always loved Ayn Rand's work with, with the fountainhead. And there are things that have actually had an impact on society from there to where people, you know, politicians talk about those books and they're influenced by those books. And, you know, I don't, I'm I'm not a right wing politician necessarily, but um, I'd love to have something that people talk about in their life and say, you know, I learned from this. This is because I think that's what it's about, you know, communicating your ideas and, and to have an idea that can actually, make an impact on society. And so I'd love to, I'd love to write and illustrate a book that had that kind of a feel that, that said something that people that really resonated. So would it be just for kids or would it be for kids and adults? Like one book that they could all get something out of. I, I, I tend to go towards more towards the adult type stories. You yeah. know, I, I like the, you know, a little bit more sarcastic and darker <laughs> stories myself. And then it's more fun for me to draw. So um, yeah, it would be, it would definitely be more in, the, in that vein, which, which is where comic books are a lot these days. They're the, not really kitty stuff anymore. Right. The three of us being from Detroit, what is the best um, or the most inspirational place in Detroit for you to go to and get a little um, just just to relax? Just to relax. I'm a big fan of uh, the Scarab Club downtown, which is an artist club uh, okay. up in Midtown. I go there for uh, for figure drawing sessions, and and uh, they have a little 
uh, I saw that something about there. that, and it was it was like uh, drinks. In drawing, is that the- that's a different thing? Actually, okay. yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a there's a there's lots of sketching things around around town that I go to, but um, yeah, they have like a, a scheduled figure drawing sessions three times a week at the Scarab Club, which is an artist club, and um, you know they, where they they'll have like a museum shows and things like that there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I love to go there on Saturdays and just figure sketch, and it's just re- it's something where I can experiment and I meet some other artists and. Uh, it's just a relaxing thing for me to go down there for the day, listen to music and, and have something to sketch. In What's the music. craziest thing that you've ever had to sketch? Oh, wow. Uh, like, 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 have you ever, and I thought about this. Are you thinking something that's not PG 13? Well, yeah, I'm just thinking, <laughs> no, because I mean, come on. It's long as art has been art. Yeah. I just, I don't know how I could physically see somebody nude and have to paint them. You know what I mean? It's, it's honestly, it's old hat for you after you've done it. I mean, like I honestly in college, I took I took so many figure drawing classes. It's a good pickup line. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like, you, what are you doing after here? <laughs> I got try not to be that it. creepy guy, but I yeah, that's not really. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been doing it for so long that it's it, you know drawing people nude is is totally not even a big deal anymore. It's you know it's it's just another thing that I that I do to for practice. Really, it's uh, I mean, it's not sexual in any way. Or no, so no, it's right. Not, it's not like that, but. Um, yeah, it's just more of a practice thing to to hone your craft and to, and to experiment. I love experimenting with new media when I go there. If I'm pulling out chalk or something that I've never worked on, or I have an idea that I want to play with color wise, and uh, you know that's that's where I that's my sketchbook time to to do stuff like that. How do you price your artwork? Is it by time, or is it by piece? Is it by maybe just by the job? Well, I mean, doing working working now. I mean, I'm, I'm on where I'm on salary. It's it's more of you know. I tell them how long it's going to take me and we, we decide what, you know, how much time I should spend on something because we have other projects that we need to get done. Um, but I mean, if, if somebody is asking me for, for a painting on, on the side or something, then yeah, say, it's more about time. It's, say, it's about how yeah, much time. And say what me I and Joshua wanted something painted mm-hmm. or sketched out for a piece of promotional. Well, for Josh, I charge double, but that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Zero times zero has always been. been, been I'll just pay him with three dollar (laughs) bills, just like I did in high school at the shop. I can't. I couldn't beat skill at shop put with the guys, so I use the girls. (laughs) What's you ain't cheating? You ain't trying, Josh. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I learned that from a guy in Charlevoix. What celebrity would you love to do a piece of work for? Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. I mean, somebody like Neil Gaiman would be awesome to work for. You know, somebody who's a, a really respected author and has done so many amazing works, uh, you know, or James Cameron. I'd love to work on a film. You know, it'd be awesome to work. I've always loved movies and, you know, the kind of that storytelling thing. And it'd be awesome to work with a great director, uh, you know, doing a storyboard for a movie or doing some kind of a concept designs or something. I mean, I think that, I think that would be a really great thing to, to, to do, too. If I could give you a blank check right now, and said, Josh, after this podcast, I want to thank you for coming here. I want you to go for a week anywhere in the world, and I want you to draw. Where would you go for a week on me? Where would I go for a week? Um, I would probably go somewhere like uh, Ireland, somewhere with a lot of old castles. You know, so I really like our old architecture. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get that kind of thing here. You have to go overseas back where the, you know, where, um, you know, but yeah, those the Scotland, something yeah. like that. Scotland or Ireland would probably be my pick. I'm so half Scottish, so that's good. Yeah. Good answer. That, 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 
Okay. I'll write you the check Where when I'm it? done. Yeah. yeah. So I, I said when we're done, we got about five more minutes. Okay. <laughs> you know, you've mentioned a lot about comic books and you know, you I've heard of Comic-Con and how it's about Comic-Con. Yeah. All this stuff. Is there like this underground subculture of people that are, you know, cause I never really was into comic books, right. but I, I've always known he was into them and I've known other people. I've met several people in my professional life mm-hmm. who are my age, you know, mid forties or 40, whatever. And they're into comic books. Mm-hmm. Is there like a subculture of people that are really into those still? Oh, Is for it- sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially people who are, it's got, it's grown into more of an older people where it's people in their thirties and forties nowadays. Cause younger kids aren't that much. They're, they're into video games now, yeah. which I get. Um, but yeah, it, there's definitely, I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, just, a, just a certain style of things where, where you relate to people that, that you, and so people you can talk to about like, you know, I go to a drink and draw thing at Avalon bakery. Uh, it's the tr- Detroit drink and draw. And, you know, a couple of the people that show up are comic book people. And so we sit there and we talk about, oh, this book's coming out. This is cool. I love this artist and that mm-hmm. artist. And, you know, there's just a lot of conversational things that you can talk about and, and where you can't talk about with anybody else because right. nobody else cares. Right. You know, so it's, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just the, the niches of life, right? Sure. Where you get certain things that you, you know, whether you're a sports fan or, or you're a music fan or, or sure. you know. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely that. Um, you know, you have that in common with somebody who's into that type of thing. And, you know, everybody jokes about, you know, you're like we're talking about if Superman could beat Mighty Mouse type stuff, but it's, it's not always quite that geeky, but we are very geeky. Make, make no mistake. It's also kind of neat too. I've noticed that you, you know, you, you, you create art for a living. That's how you pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And then you go on your off time and you still have that hustle. Right. But it's, 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 it's work. It's how you pay your bills, but it's also, I go there to relax and basically go what you do for work. Uh, yeah, and, and it's you know kind of neat that you get to do, you get to kind of have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. You know? right. And that's, that's, that, you know, that could not be more true. And that's, that's, that was my goal, you know, was I wanted, you know, it's an old, you know, old story, but you know, I, I wanted to go to work every day and not feel like I went to work every day. Mm-hmm. And that's, the three of us are following that right? dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anytime I, you're following your dream, that's to me, I that's work harder than I did when I had to actually go to work. Absolutely. But I'm fine with it because it's not work. Cause I love it. It's fun. I right? love it. And, and I mean, to have a job that is fun, you cannot put a price tag on that to me. It's like, I will take less money all day long to do something that I love all day. Several times I've asked this question um, at the end of a podcast and I, and Josh, I'm going to ask you, I just told you that I would write you a check and you could travel anywhere. And you said you'd go to Ireland, Scotland. Mm -hmm. That's cool. What if you left here, you left here and you went and got gas and you bought a lotto ticket. You got home and realized you bought the winning ticket. You never had to work again. Mm Mm-hmm. What would you do tomorrow? Would you would your life change? I mean, it would change to some degree because I would take on more personal projects. But I would start I would start writing another comic book right now. I mean, I would I would that would be my That's first awesome. thing I would do. Yeah, I, I do what I love, and um, yeah, I can't imagine ever not working. I mean, everybody talks about you know I can't wait to get away on vacation and I can't get wait to retire. <laughs> I love what I do. I can't imagine not working. Yeah, uh, and I. And I mean, maybe that's, <laughs> well, mean, we I, don't work. That's the whole point. Right. 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 And, and because I say the exact, nothing would change in my life. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Probably even to the point of where I even live. Yeah. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I, money doesn't motivate me. Right. It doesn't inspire me. I mean, mm-hmm. I make enough to pay the bills and do you know what I want to do, but it doesn't make me 
money is not going to make me somebody else. Yeah. I love doing what I do. It's fun to be rewarded though. I mean, like you, you know, if you, if you make, get a big job or you, yeah. you know, you get that recognition and maybe you get a paycheck. It's great to be recognized for what you do, especially when you love what you do. Yeah. And you know, to get that recognition feels good. But like you said, it's not that it's not the important thing by any stretch of the imagination. Favorite day of the week. I don't, every day's the same. Honestly, I work. I work every day. I, I really do. Uh, so I mean, favorite time of the day. Favorite time of the day is definitely like 6 a.m. <laughs> no. Just for the listeners, I was planning this podcast out with Josh. And he said, Nothing before 11 a.m. I like to I sleep am a in. night owl. Yeah, I am totally a night owl. So my favorite time is like between 10 p.m. and like three in the morning. Uh, that is my peak creative time. Like I said, that's when it's dark outside. Everybody's gone to bed. It's quiet. You know, it's just me and my light and my desk or whatever I'm working on. And it's, it's just I can totally focus in. And I've got the music going. And I just feel more awake at that point in time than any other time of the day. I'm going to wrap it up with this. And that the last question is just that. Do you listen to music Constantly. when you are being inspired and when you have your pencil or your pen or your crayons in your hand? Yeah, a lot of the times I do. Um, when, yeah, and, I, and, and what kind of music? Oh, geez. Uh, or is I'm, it just across the board? No, I, I'm, uh, I, I like more of the uh, artsy folk stuff. Um, but I, I What's the arts, a lot of, artsy folk stuff? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> like, please explain. How it, how, so uh, let's see if I can like name Hansen, some bands Yeah, I would probably name 10 bands that nobody's ever heard of. But uh, uh, like uh, Shilpa Ray uh, is one of, my, one of my favorite artists. I really like her. Um, Oh geez, let's hope I don't get my bubble blank here. So, um, so are they Detroit artists, or are they just you know national known artists? Uh, no, most of them are from around the country. So, is it rockabilly or, kind or of stuff? There. Is it what I mean? What kind of music is it? Is it country? Uh, some of it's kind of rock punk based. Uh, okay. Some of it's more acoustic guitars and banjos type things. The main thing is that it's I, I like I like unique singing voices. Yeah, uh, people who have Tom Waits is my favorite artist of all time. So uh, mm-hmm. if anybody's ever heard of Tom Waits, any even from his old stuff to his new stuff, he's always doing something different. But he's always got this dusty, gritty feel to it stuff that he's doing. You know, yeah. and it's it's got uh, that's my favorite my favorite music. But I mean, I like some Radiohead and 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 things of that nature too. So, um, but Tom Waits, Tom Waits is the number one of all time. So favorite ice cream, Cherry Garcia. <laughs> Yeah, I like Cherry Garcia. I was waiting for him to say, I don't eat ice cream. <laughs> I, I try not to. I'm fat enough as it is. So. But every once in a while, like last week, I, I did have a pint of Cherry Garcia, and it was good. A whole pint. <laughs> not, not just a couple of scoops. Not, not like no, one I, if scoops. I go, I go big. I, yeah. Hey, Joshua, I'm going to let you uh, finishing thoughts. I mean, I can't believe it's been a little over an hour now. No, I, the finishing thoughts I have would be for the listeners to, you know, talk think about what what's your hustle? Like this, this, you know, Josh has come on here and he's, he's living a dream. He's doing it. Uh, he, he, he plays for a living basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, you know, I, I aspire to continue to do that myself in my own way. And I think each one of us can think of things that we would love to do. And, you know, I just, I just happy to be here and happy to get your story out and, and inspire people to find your thing that you want to do and do it Yeah, and don't, don't- don't you know if you're sleeping on a basement in the couch don't let something get in your way just keep doing it and if you feel like it can't be done josh skeel is an example of fact that it can be done and so do it yeah don't let anybody outwork you don't let anybody tell you no because people are going to but you know 
make your own way. And if you decide to do it, don't give up because you'll, the only thing you're ever going to regret, if you, if, if you try your whole life and you don't make it, I guarantee you won't regret it, you know, but you'll regret it if he's quit. And you know, that's one thing I, that's, I learned that from athletics and it carried me through to, to make it in art. I never would have made it without that idea of don't give up if you actually care. And uh, so, so you've got to, got to figure that out for yourself. What matters to you, Josh and Joshua, I, I can't even thank you enough. Um, for coming on the Outstanding Life podcast. Thanks for having me. I was telling you um, before we got started, I just lost a good friend of mine, Sam Bass, and and um, he was 57 years old, man. I mean, he was young, and um, he lost you know, his life, uh, and uh, he made a living, 57 years old, and I used to joke with him all the time, and I used to say, Sam, I go, man, you're 57 years old, and you're still playing with crayons every day. Yep. He goes, Johnny, he goes, I've been blessed. I've been blessed just to, to be able to hang out and do what I like to do, but you have to work hard. It doesn't just happen. Right. Nothing in life just happens. I can't thank you enough for telling your story and your work again is amazing. And I want you to tell everybody how they can find your stuff as well as the stuff that you do for the bar. Yeah. Uh, I'm at, I'm at a, at skeel seven, six S K E E L seven, six on Instagram. Um, and, uh, if you wanted to look up the bar products, uh, we're only a Michigan product, but we're at a www.rustedcrowspirits.com. Well, thanks again, guys. I can't believe it's been, I'm going to get in trouble. Paul, the guy that puts all these together, he's gonna be like, I told you to stay around an hour. We're over an hour again. Can you believe how fast everything goes all the time? I tell people all the time, an hour, it goes by fast. Again, this is Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, have yourselves an outstanding day, and please follow me at soundcloud.com forward slash Outstanding Life Podcast. We're also on pod, our Apple Podcast. We are on Spotify. And you can get everything. If you forgot all those, you can go to motivationalcowboy.com as well. You can follow me at Facebook at Motivational Cowboy and also Instagram at Motivational Cowboy and Twitter, M-C-J-O-H-N-N-Y-D number four. Again, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Outstanding Life is a Soulbridge Studio production.